Hello, beautiful soul family, and welcome to the Walk On Podcast, the podcast where I try to demystify spirituality, personal growth and healing, and whatever else I feel like talking about. I'm your host, Britt Cannon, and this week's episode, coming to you straight from the rainbow vortex, the forest of the future, the great cosmic question of sexuality. That's right, this week's episode is called Queer as in Fuck You, and it's about the inherent freedom of being queer. Last week, I talked about gender in my episode, What Gender?, about how gender is a construct made up by colonist capitalist society in order to limit us and put us into these predetermined boxes that decide our fate and our future and what we are and aren't capable of and who we can and can't love. So queerness, gender queerness, or sexual queerness has a kind of liberation inherent in it, and that's what today's episode is about. It's about what you do when there are no rules, the road you travel when there is no map. Um, I talk a lot about this in all aspects of life, right? Because, I mean, that's the journey of a life path 11, someone to travel the road less traveled, um, to find a way to innovate because you're just too fucking weird to fit into a cookie cutter. Um, and how that's sometimes a burden, but most times a blessing. Even in the burden of it, there is a blessing, right? Individuality, authenticity, truth, faith, um, just a, like a wandering and adventurous spirit being who you are at any cost. And so queer as in fuck you to me means, well, as my partner puts it, queer means I can do whatever the fuck I want. (laughs) And I do think that this comes from being historically as we know it, marginalized. Um not always marginalized before white colonizer normality um there was queerness just like no big thing not evil not from the devil not something to be judged not a mental illness not a perversion just you know just queerness just two-spiritness just you are who you are throughout society i mean obviously the christian um morality that's tied up in sexuality wherein which sex is supposed to produce a baby and if it doesn't it's sinful definitely has a lot to do with um the way that our culture looks at queerness so, like, if, if two or more, lol, people are having sex without the intention of procreation because that's not even possible, that means that um, 
that it's being done purely for pleasure, which is decadence, which is gluttony, which is sinful. And I personally think that's beautiful to just do sex, <laughs> do sex, to just have sex for pleasure, to have sex for connection, to have sex for freedom, to have sex for self-care, to have sex to show someone else the love you feel for them, to be present with someone as a form of meditation, to do by yourself as a form of meditation, as a form of self-care. I don't think that that's sinful at all. And I think that my queerness is tied up in that because when I was younger, I was really invested in this falsehood of purity, you know, this belief in virginity and that it's something that could be taken from you. And I was also fearful of my sexuality because I had been sexually abused as a child and because that caused so much chaos and rejection and othering in my life, it made me really scared of my sexuality. But at the, t at the same time, I was extremely curious. And this led to a lot of experimentation with my friends, like my girls, my friends who were girls. And, um, and what awakened was a little baby dyke. <laughs> I was interested in boys as well, um, which is why queer is a, a more comfortable, a more all-encompassing term, although I understand, just like with gender, as I was talking about in the past, in the last episode, um, you know, there are people, especially older LGBTQIA plus people who see the word queer as a slur because it was used against them in that way. I like to see it as like a label without label, you know, a definition without definition, kind of like non-binary. Like I love non-binary because while I walk this world as a woman, um, as far as how I'm perceived by others, and what I was assigned at birth, um, I definitely feel more somewhere in the middle. And I don't see that as a third gender. I see that as a label without labels, a definition without definition. It's just me, right? And queerness is the same for me. And also I think there's so much power in in the marginalized community that a slur was used against, that a slur was used as a form of violence, there's so much power in taking that back. It's why I love the word slut. It's why I love the word bitch. It's why I love the word cunt. It's why I love the word dyke. Like, cause it's mine. The world gave it to me. I had to wear them all like a scarlet letter and now I wear them as a badge of honor and it's just like what could be more powerful than that? I always say, and you know I have a lesson about a lesson, <laughs> I have an episode, I guess same thing, about shame, guilt and shame. If you are interested in that or struggling with that, you should go listen to it. 
Um, but I have this belief that you can't be shamed for something you're not ashamed of. And, um, you know, that's how I feel about queerness. Having lived much of my dating and romantic and sexual life in the closet, I was with mostly cis men until I wasn't. And one time with my first girlfriend, I was in my 20s, I was driving around with her and we stopped at a stoplight to kiss. Like the light was red and we smooched. And like, this is something I'd done a thousand times with like however many partners, every partner I'd ever had. It just so happened that they all happened to be cis men and no one ever said anything. You know, occasionally we get a like, get a room or like how cute or something like that. But this particular time with my girlfriend, um, we heard someone yelling and we stopped and looked over. And in the car next to us, there was this 10 year old ish girl leaning out to her waist of the window, like half her body out of the car. And she was screaming, you're disgusting, you're disgusting, you're an abomination, you're an abomination. And it was shocking. It was shocking to see a child like displaying such hatred and such judgment and such misunderstanding. And like, obviously I wasn't angry at her. I knew she didn't really know what she was doing. Um, she was obviously taught that and obviously someone was encouraging her to do that. Not just like the lack of safety in letting a child lean out of a car like that, but also, you know, someone was encouraging her to be judgmental and hateful. And it just shocked both of us because neither of us had ever been in and out openly obviously queer relationship before and it was a powerful lesson as far as even in today's world you know this was maybe like 2017 2016 like something like that but even in that world the lack of safety that you walk around this world with as someone who's queer and you know of course because I am a Jupiter in Aries and I've <laughs> I hate being told what to do I was like oh fuck that fuck that fuck that no I'm not gonna be scared that's gonna make me do it even harder it's like that Michael Scott meme where he's like, you know what? I'm gonna do, I don't even remember what the context is, but in my case, I'm gonna be queer even harder. Um, there's, it's, it's really a shame that, I'll speak for, you know, I'll speak for like white Christian America because that's where I hail from. Um, it's sad that that Christianity is is seem seeming to be like in opposition to queerness as if they can't coexist. They're like they're enemies or something. And I know it's getting better, but still, you know, I know people who are 
as queer as me who can't be out because their family is so deeply religious. Their parents are pastors or, you know, they just knew, they just know that they'll lose everybody if they were ever to be fully themselves. And, and I guess that's what queer as in fuck you means to me. Queer as in fuck you, fuck you, fuck your rules, fuck your limitations, fuck your patriarchal understandings of marriage and monogamy and just your little boxes, you know? Fuck that, fuck that. I like to quote Prince, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I am something that you'll never understand. I'm not your lover, I'm not your friend, I am something that you'll never comprehend. Right, bitch? Stop trying to define me. Stop trying to tell me what to do. Worry about yourself. Get yourself right. (laughs) And then maybe we can coexist peacefully. (laughs) Um, It's just so funny to me, considering that Christianity is like, you know, the religion of Jesus, whose whole thing was anarchy and like hippiedom and anti-authoritarianism and non-judgment and like just being. The healing that comes with recognizing the divinity in ourselves and in others. You know, what is God? I am. When I talk to God, I think that my God is a we. My God is a they. My God is a direct reflection of me. My God is queer. (laughs) And yours is too. Your God is a direct reflection of you. Whatever you are, your God is. And if you feel limited and you feel stuck and you feel powerless and you feel judged and you feel scared and you feel trapped, you feel limited by these gender roles, by these construct by these limitations just tune in sit in the quiet sit in the peace sit in the love sit in the forgiveness and explore deeper than the programs deeper than the default settings I talked last time about my obsession with tomboy characters. And see, when I was born, um, my the women in my family were very invested in me as a girl. Um, everything was covered in pink, frilly lace. I talked about how pink has always been my favorite color. Um, and I'm a quadruple Libra. I love getting dressed up. I love makeup. I love curling my hair. But who's to say that these things are inherently feminine, first of all? Or that they should define my gender? Um, but there was so much limitation, you know? There was like, oh, you can't, you know, it sounds silly, but it's like, oh, you can't play with Hot Wheels. Oh, you can't be into horror. Oh, you can't, you know, play contact sports oh don't get too muscular oh don't be too strong oh don't be too bossy boys won't like you 
oh, can't you just pluck your eyebrows? <laughs> can't you wear something a little more flattering? Oh, if you just lost 10 more pounds, if you just tightened up. You know, so many things are rooted in the patriarchal construct of gender, first of all, but also in this heteronormativity that is really detrimental to everyone. It's just like I was talking about in the last episode, like these constructs make us put expectations on each other on the children we encounter and raise and take care of and on ourselves. And these expectations are actually unmeetable, unexceedable and irrational, you know, just impossible. So it leaves us in a constant state of feeling like a disappointment, feeling like a failure, feeling like something to be judged, feeling shameful, feeling that there's some part of us that we need to hide or repress or leave behind or even transcend instead of just accepting ourselves and each other as we are. And so they don't really bring us any good. Obviously, sexuality is a spectrum just like gender and as i said in that episode it's it's important not to think of a spectrum as just like a straight line you know morphing from straight to to gay you know but as a as a circle as a spectrum as a rainbow as you know as one of those color wheels in photoshop where every color you could imagine is within this sphere that's sexuality. And again, if we think of things in terms of data spreads, if everything falls in a bell curve, that would mean that the extremes of very, very gay or very, very straight have the smallest amount of people and everyone else kind of falls somewhere in the middle. Obviously, you can be more to one side than the other, but the highest number of people fall right smack dab right smack dab in the middle. Y'all, this Mercury Metrograde, as my partner calls it, is fucking with my mouth. I'm sorry. You know what I'm getting at, even if my words are funkadelic. So, queer as in fuck you, right? Making our own rules. This means challenging everything assigned to us including heterosexuality like compulsory heterosexuality this belief that everyone is straight unless they tell us otherwise and that straight is the norm and everything else is fucking bizarre and have you noticed that this is kind of like when i talk about the white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy and how how oppression works in overlapping Venn diagrams. And there are things that can put you closer to whiteness that put you higher on the hierarchy than someone else or closer to rich or closer to cis or closer to straight. And so there are ways to oppress and be oppressed within the white supremacist capitalist cis heteropatriarchy, even if you aren't a white, cis, straight, wealthy man. But the closer you are to that, the better you're treated in society. 
and or the more of those boxes you tick, the better you do in society, and the more likely you are to be, um, to be what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to be living behind the veil or the illusion of privilege. Privilege really limits us and and our view of the world. That's why I always say, if you want to get a clear picture of how your society is doing, ask the most marginalized person. They'll tell you the truth. (laughs) If privilege just, it's really hard, especially in a society that encourages us not to have empathy and not to um, feel for the people who are suffering more than us. It teaches us You know, this like bootstrap capitalist mentality of like, if someone's doing bad, it's because they're not trying hard enough or because they deserve it or because they're not moral enough. And that anyone who's doing extremely well has obviously earned it and is obviously better than because otherwise it wouldn't be playing out like this. And it's just not the case. So I've noticed in my experience here on this earth as as just an observer of humanity and an autistic lover of patterns, um, that even queer people who present as falling into the binary, falling into the stereotypical construct of gender roles, right? If there's a masculine person and a feminine person, um, if there's that dynamic, if there are traditional gender roles where like one stays home and raises the kids and one, and that's usually the feminine one and one goes out and earns the money and that's usually the masculine one, you know, those couples are more accepted in society, treated better in society than say two butch lesbians together or two very femme gay men together or any like assortment of gender variants. People don't like to see it, it confuses them. And that's because the more privilege you hold in society, and obviously I'm not blaming anyone for the privilege they hold in society. I'm just saying that if we, if it goes unacknowledged, it can trick you into thinking you're superior to someone else. And that's the vehicle with which the white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy continues to oppress us and continues to keep us oppressing one another. The superiority, right? I tick more boxes than this person, so I'm better than them, or I'm more human than them, or I'm more deserving of rights or opportunities or love or (laughs) protection. And to me, that's just not queerness. what queerness is about. It's just not about conformity. It's about non-conformity. It's not about upholding the white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy. It's about being anti-racist, anti-capitalist, anti-authoritarian, and to, and to make other people question the truths that they've been taught. And I'm not saying to do that in like a harsh way. It can be done in a loving way. It's like... It's like when you're being openly queer and a kid who's obviously being raised in some kind of patriarchal, cis-hetero patriarchal um, manner decides to stick her whole body out of her car and scream that you're an abomination at you. 
But still that little girl saw me. Still that little girl saw the love between two, what she perceived as women. And that showed her that it exists. You know? Maybe one day when she's grown up, she'll be thinking about us and she'll be thinking about, wow, those people weren't yelling anything hateful at me. But I was told to yell something hateful at them. You know, maybe it'll open her mind. I love when a kid sees me out and about in the world and is like asking their parents, like, is that a boy or a girl? And it makes me sad that the parents sometimes get embarrassed and shush them instead of just being like, I don't know, that's a person. But it does make me feel like I'm doing something with my presence, you know? I'm opening minds, I'm... I'm inspiring a question that doesn't have an answer and that feels good. <laughs> my favorite thing about my partner and I and our relationship is that there is no gender. We joke about gender constantly. There's no rules we have to follow. There's no pressure to be anything other than exactly who we are every single day. We don't have rules, we don't have expectations, we don't have really expectations as far as like what's romance, what's what's your job as like <laughs> a husband-wife or a wife-wife or a wife-husband. <laughs> there's just no rules and in that there's freedom. There's no ownership. There's no entitlement. If you want to hear more about that, you can go back and listen to my um, episode called What a Healthy Relationship Looks Like. I don't want to get too into it in this episode, although it is hard to talk about queer as in fuck you without bringing up my relationship because this is the first one where I felt that. Even in my previous queer relationships, not all of them, but in a lot of them, there was still some patriarchy ling lingering someone who has, hasn't unpacked the gender binary has a hard time um, you know loving in a way that's really free and that's not to say that you're wrong or you're aggressive or you're closed-minded if your relationship embodies more traditional or patriarchal gender roles it's just a reminder or an encouragement to maybe like unpack that a little bit and just think about it. You know, if you've never thought about it before, maybe think about it. If you have thought about it before and that's still your, your bag, you know, that's still what you're into, then like by all means, live your best life. But I think our, our mission on this planet as queer people is to challenge the status quo in all regards how someone can can really go out there and like and like fight for queer liberation but isn't anti-racist or anti-capitalist is like beyond me or even you know in the in the um in the example of turfs is transphobic is beyond me like like none of us can be free while anyone else is enslaved Queerest and Fuck You is really about liberation of all people. 
because there are queer people in every other identity. Queer people exist always. In every community, there are queer people. If you don't see a lot of them, that might mean that your community is a little unfriendly, unsafe, unaccepting of queer people. Queer as in fuck you to me just means embracing your individuality, you know, wanting what you want, loving what you love, being who you are, being the ever-growing, ever-expanding reflection of the universe that created you. You are one with everything. You are flowing with life. There are no rules. If you're queer and you're with lots of partners of different genders, you're not, there's no identity to be, um, you know, shifted. That's why I like it. But also queer can, can, can um, you know, Lesbians can be queer. Gay men can be queer. But I do think that gender itself is a construct, which it always, you know, I love the messiness. I love the nuance. I love the gray area. And I love that it's getting harder and harder and harder to define with each passing generation. I love androgyny. I love, like, just, just the big cosmic mess of it all. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's beautiful. I think it's art. I think it's fun. I think it's camp and classy and inspiring. I think it's revolution. For Pride, I've been reading um, some queer lit and I just recently read Stone Butch Blues by Leslie Feinberg. If you've never read it, please, if you've never read it, please do. Um, it's about one person's journey of their whole life from childhood to in their 40s as a butch, like a butch lesbian, and how in the 1950s, 1960s, it was so unsafe that a lot of butch lesbians, um, decided to transition fully and to pass as cis men because it would mean no longer getting sexually assaulted or beat up or arrested. You know, like that's, back in the day we were arrested for holding hands, for wearing the wrong clothing, for being gender non-conforming, for daring to challenge this construct of gender. It was considered a crime. We were so oppressed. We've come so far. And that's why I feel like we owe it to our ancestors who, who couldn't unpack these things, who couldn't embody the fullness of them, who couldn't be a question mark safely. Why we owe it to them to do just that. I think there's room for every experience in queer. You know, I am... Um, I am someone who considers ace and arrow people queer, you know, bisexuals who are in het-appearing relationships, um, queer couples who are, um, 
who appear to embody the butch femme dynamics, but you know, I, there's room for all of it. There's room for every experience. There's no wrong way to be queer. I feel like the only wrong way is to forget <laughs> that it's about liberation. And even then there's different layers and levels of that, you know, there's a lot of fear. I think we carry a lot of generational trauma in our bodies. I think we can feel the energies of the queer people who came before us, the people who didn't make it through the fight, the people who gave absolutely everything so that we could exist. I mean, not in a sacrificial way, but in the way that like, in the way that like just, Someone recently said once that social progress is just this naturally occurring thing, you know, that like, oh, I don't think you have to like shout your queerness or your genderlessness from the rooftops. I think that steadily over time, slowly, things just change for the better. And, you know, this was a straight cis white woman who um, has money and... And I think that's a fascinating way to look at it and also an incredibly privileged way to look at it because it's like, no, that's not, that's not how change happens. Change happens through blood, sweat, tears, bricks thrown at cops, hands handcuffed behind backs, riots and signs and protests and, and living and being who you are in spite of threat or danger or because you can't fucking help it you know reading Leslie Feinberg's work which is so much about liberation and so much about not upholding the status quo and speaking up when something's wrong and standing up for one another even if someone else's struggle doesn't personally affect yours and um well, I forget where I was going with that, but I was just thinking as I was speaking about how fucking beautiful a legacy to leave. It just... <laughs> Writing a work of art based on your personal experience, not leaving anything out, none of the gritty, hard, heartbreaking, terrifying... Oh, that's what I was getting at. It has occurred to me through reading Queer Lit and like studying the history of my queer ancestors that revolution isn't one big act, right? It's not one battle. It's not one protest. It's not one win. It's going, it's getting out of bed every day committed to the fight. It's going out in the world and being yourself and having people see you and seeing others and yeah, calling someone out when they're being racist, you know, living life in such a way where you're constantly unpacking the capitalist ambition that's programmed in us from day one. It's, it's healing. It's peeling back those layers of trauma to find the truth within. It's finding kindness, compassion, community, love, support, help. It's giving and receiving. Revolution happens through 
present awareness, being conscious, being intentional in the way that you live, in embodying your integrity. That's revolution. It's not a one-time thing and then it's done. And I really think that some people are operating under the misconception, myself included, that it is like, you know, we're gearing up for the revolution. I think the revolution will not be televised because you can't televise like a vibe. You can't exactly televise like a way of living, um, a way of being. You can't really televise integrity. And even if you could, they wouldn't want to. They being the the powers that be, you know, big brother, the white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy, the people programming the matrix, however you want to look at it. Queer as in fuck you is like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck your white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy bullshit. None of that applies to me. I am a conscientious objector. I do not participate. Does that make my life a little harder? Sure. When I walk down the street holding hands with my partner, does every person that walk by stare at us trying to figure out who's got the tits? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Do we sometimes offend people with the way that we openly love each other? Yeah. Is it sometimes dangerous? Yeah. Do people hurl slurs uh, when they see you embodying gender variance out in the world? Sure, yeah. Are people violently hateful towards you <laughs> just for being who you are? Absolutely. Is that going to stop me? No. It didn't stop the people who came before me. It didn't stop Leslie Feinberg, you know? When person after person after person, and specifically cis man after cis man after cis man, cop after cop after cop, beat her and raped her and marginalized her, there were moments, you know, moments of rest, moments of being wounded, <laughs> moments of feeling like giving up, and even, you know, stretches of time where giving up seemed to be the only option. And that's true in my life too, but I often, you know, speaking of Christianity, I often come back to the metaphor of Jesus's walk to his execution, you know, carrying the cross that he was to be crucified on, walking, I'm not sure how far, I don't know if it's specified in the Bible, but walking a long way, getting whipped and beat, having stones thrown at him, being stabbed, you know, all kinds of stuff, and collapsing under the weight, but getting back up, and collapsing under the weight, and getting back up, and collapsing under the weight, and getting back up, knowing what he was walking towards, you know, knowing it was death, knowing that on a material level, he had failed at his mission and purpose. He didn't create the revolution he wanted to. He only ch changed a handful of people's minds. You know, he only had 12 followers. And yet, continuing on, not running, not hiding, not giving up, you know, being like, whatever. 
I believe in this. I believe in my fight. I believe in standing up for the poor, the sick, the different, the marginalized. I believe so much in freedom that I'm gonna keep walking, you know? That's also who Leslie Feinberg is to me. Just keeping at it, fighting harder. No matter the hard conversation, you know, no matter the, (laughs) no matter how rough the fight, risking it all (laughs) for liberation, that is revolution to me. That's why I think Jesus would be pretty sad about the current state of Christianity. Or is pretty sad, I guess, since I don't believe in death. (laughs) Queer as in fuck you means... Don't just accept this list of rules that people give you as to how to live your life. Don't just take those and say, oh, thank you. Most of this will make me miserable (laughs) and will disconnect me from my intuition, my ultimate happiness, my consciousness, my integrity. Most of this will make me very, very sad and limit my infinite potential, but thank you. I will definitely follow these rules to a T. Don't let it keep you asleep. Be a little bit brave. Embody that revolutionary spirit. Find your integrity. Find your morality that lives within your heart space. Listen to your intuition. Don't listen to somebody else's idea of what being good means. Fuck being good. Fuck being nice. Fuck behaving. Fuck the rules. Do whatever the fuck you want. You know, do no harm, but take no shit. I think queer as in fuck you to me means look at my joy. Look at my freedom. If it pisses you off, great. (laughs) Why are you mad, right? Are you mad because you're not free? Are you mad because you're not open? Are you mad because you're not tender? You're not soft? You're not genderless? You're not fearless? Are you mad because you're trapped? Are you mad because you want to know what this feels like? This is why it really bothers me when I see the white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy at play within um, within the micro communities within the queer community, you know, like TERFs being transphobic and being like, there's only one way to be a woman. Um, Gay men being like fat phobic or lesbophobic or racist. Um, Just any kind of like capitalism within the queer community is just like, what? Even like pride being so commercialized. Like it wasn't a party. It was a riot. It was a riot where 
a black trans woman took her life into her own hands, put her safety and well-being at risk in order to say queer as in fuck you. I think it's just reprehensible. Like, talk about abomination to push somebody else's head underwater so that you can get a gasp of air. Like, just support each other up. Use each other as flotation devices, right? Don't be so caught up in your own struggle that you would stab some your your community member, you know, your comrade in the back in order to get a little further in life. It's just that's not the revolution. The revolution isn't one queer CEO. The revolution isn't a girl boss. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. The revolution is liberation of all people from the white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy. That's what queer and fuck you, queer as in fuck you means to me. It's loving without limit. It's saying no, it's laying boundaries, it's learning to rest. It's not oppressing one another within romantic and platonic relationships, right? It's not bringing in the patriarchy. It's not saying like, we're both AFAB, so we have to com compete for the attention of whatever masculine energy happens to be around us at the moment. Or like, or like we're both pursuing art, so um, even though we say we're friends, we're competing with one another or that I'm better than you, or you're worse than me, or... All of that is nonsense, honestly. All of that is just a program that says that we... that we're living in lack, when really the lack is capitalist-created. It's an illusion. The Earth gives us everything we need. We have everything we need. If not visible to us right now in this time and space, available to us within ourselves. There have been moments where in my journey towards self-actualization, I have been aching with loneliness. You know, going out with... <laughs> with cis women, cis bisexual women who never take me as seriously as their male suitors because they know that life will be easier. I don't know if it's conscious, right? But life is easier the more of those white supremacist, capitalist, cis heteropatriarchal boxes you check. Or or trying to be with a cis man and he's so threatened by my queerness. You know, just all this rejection, all this projection. Uh, lots of people being threatened by my, my <laughs> bouts of sexual promiscuity, with my non-monogamy, with my freedom, with my sex work past. And and so I've been feeling judgment, you know, living in judgment, living in oppression, living in that energy of like, when are you going to grow up? When are you going to give up these politics? When are you going to get a real job? When are you going to contribute to society the way we want you to? When are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? 
Since when are you queer? Since I moonwalked out of the, the womb. <laughs> Since I was born, you know? And even if I chose it, even if it was a choice, I would choose it every day. Just like I choose revolution every day. Just like I choose integrity every day. Just like how I refuse to conform in any capacity. Because that's what queer in, as in fuck you means to me. Queer as in I do whatever the fuck I want. And you know what the fuck I want? I want to love. I want to support. I want to liberate. I want to be in integrity. I want to be honest. I want to communicate deeply and truly. I want to make the world a softer, safer place for everybody that comes after me. I want to help other people access their light. I want to help other people access their truth. I want to help other people learn how to say no. I want to see police abolished in my lifetime. I want to see us leave capitalism in the dust. I want to see mutual aid communities helping one another live a slower, more restful, more spiritual life. That's what I want. That is whatever the fuck I want. Queer as in whatever the fuck I want doesn't mean I go around hurting other people. I go around being super selfish. It means I know what it's like to be oppressed. I know what it's like to be marginalized. I know what it's like to be bullied. I know what it's like for a little kid to climb out of her car window and call me an abomination. And I never want to make someone else feel that way. I will do everything in my power to not make anybody else feel that way. And you know, every marginalized identity I embody, whether it's poor, you know, white trash, or fat, or autistic, or queer, or genderqueer, um, my experiences as those identities, those, you know, overlapping Venn diagrams of oppression, have made me softer, have made me kinder, have made me more honest, have made me more committed to the fight, and more aware at how arbitrary these rules and expectations are. How all they do is serve to hurt us. How all they do is serve to limit us and keep us small and keep us self-doubting and keep us distanced from our confidence and distanced from our divinity, which I think is what faith and spirituality is all about. Realizing that I am all that is, that I am holy, that I am love, and so are you. And so, as you move through the world this week, I'd like for you to consider this. What are your expectations? What expectations do you hold yourself to that are actually unfulfillable? Are any of them positive? Whether it's what size you're supposed to be, you know, chasing that 16-year-old body, um, or, you know, not having wrinkles as you get older, or 
or who you're supposed to love or if your job makes you happy if you like the way you spend your time I think that right now is a unique opportunity to assess the world in which we live and decide if it's actually working for us. If the past year of the pandemic has showed us nothing, hasn't it shown us that we need to take care of each other? We need to care about each other? That money at the end of the day is meaningless? <laughs> that the systems that exist exist to protect people who use their exorbitant wealth to maintain power and not really to do any good? I don't know. Try to ask yourself some questions without answers. <laughs> If your kid sees someone and is like, is that our boy or a girl? Say, that's a person. If your kid says, you know, I'm a girl and I want to marry a girl when I grow up, be like, well, just so you know, marriage is a patriarchal institution that's rooted in trading people as property. <laughs> but you can marry whoever you want. Allow yourself to flow towards and away from what makes you feel alive, what heals you, what inspires you to heal yourself. Don't hold on too tightly to what is ultimately just a rule on a piece of paper that, that society gave you when you were born and said, this is how to be a human because it's all fucking fake. And that is what queer as in fuck you means to me. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at Brit underscore that's underscore it. Twitter's the same thing with an extra underscore at the end. My website is BritCannon.me. I have just released an album with my good friend Mario, whose band is called Locomoco. And that is called Shiny Silver Snakes. You can listen to that anywhere you stream. You can find the previous episodes of this podcast on my website, BritCannon.me backslash podcast. If you'd like to donate, you can click that donate button underneath my Anchor link. That's anchor.com or no, anchor.fm backslash podcast. I think. Um, or you can Venmo me at Brittany Cannon 11 or Brittany Cannon 11. Um, happy Pride. Be proud. We're here. We're queer. Get fucking used to it. Open your minds. Open your hearts. Stop being judgmental. Take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening. Happy healing.